Hi everyone, my name is Josh, Extra Barbecue Hafkin, and this is Understanding Esports with Game Gym. The goal of our podcast is to help make esports and gaming more relatable by telling the stories of the people who work and play in the industry. Everyone who ends up in esports has a winding journey, and there is no typical path. I'll be asking our guests how they got their starts, what moments impacted them along the way, and the advice that they have for gamers, entrepreneurs, parents, and those looking to learn more about the industry. So don't worry if you aren't an esports person, I'm here to help you understand what's going on. You can learn more about Game Gym and our mission at www.gamegym.com and you can let me know your thoughts on our discussion on Twitter at Extra Barbecue. So let's get into it. This is Understanding Esports. Today, we are joined by Taylor SPG Yates, Fortnite analyst and content creator. I'm excited about it. I was looking forward to talking with him. So let's get into it. Taylor, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, man. I was looking forward to catching up with you and and uh, learning a little bit about what you know your story and and how you uh, you know kind of gotten to where you are. But um, you know, first before we get into it, um, you know, just kind of starting off with a couple like kind of rapid fire questions, just to you know break the ice a little bit. Um, is there something that that you are excited about, like out? Uh, out of game right now in the world that that has you jazzed and and kind of energized um so i'm i'm a big sports guy love this time of year you get baseball coming back you get the football off season has been absolutely insane um and then coming up this weekend we have the the final four for the men's basketball tournament which uh, i went to nc state so unc duke is not the best option but it's pretty exciting down here to to see both those teams i mean people are are super excited to see them battle battle it out in the final four i couldn't agree more and uh i have to admit to you i'm a tar heel so oh no uh, (laughs) this isn't gonna go too well (laughs) i know i know i'm sorry i don't want to get off on the wrong foot but i did recently see that nc state made a 16 million dollar investment in esports and they are building a massive uh facility and and uh, investing in esports down there do you have you heard any of that news yeah so it actually started with like a, a big grant so they were working with a company called Subnation to um like the local and north carolina congress and Subnation came together I don't know the exact number of it, but they are investing heavily both at, at NC State and then I believe they're doing subsidies for different kind of esports programs, which is incredible to see and, you know, right place, right time for me. I couldn't agree more, man. North Carolina seems to be the place to be with Epic Games down there and Lenovo and all these other things. And it's a uh, it's also a very affordable place to live. So, you know put all that stuff together and, and you're in the right spot, man. Yeah. I, I've been down here. I went to, to school like seven, eight years ago and been down here ever since no plans on, on leaving. And I just, I love North Carolina. I mean, great barbecue, great esports, great traditional sports. Uh, you know, what more could you want, man? Uh, I'm not really sure. I've got everything I need right here. And you know, I, the only thing is I live near Raleigh right now and 
maybe one day want to move back out to the beach. I grew up on the beach, so that's that's the only change I, I'd really want to make in the near term. But overall, I see myself living in North Carolina a very long time. I can totally dig that, man. Rollywood is is a great place, and and uh, but you know the beach is uh, hard to beat. So. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the, the in-game. What are you excited about in-game right now? And it could be Fortnite or something else that you're messing around with. Um, what's got you jazzed in the game world? Yeah, so my background is like purely Fortnite as far as like my career in this. I've done a few other events uh, as far as like Rocket League. Uh, I've done an Apex thing, but 90%, 99% of what I do is uh, based on what's going on in Fortnite and uh recently it's been exploding with this new season they introduced a no building mode and like literally a couple minutes before we hopped on this they just announced a huge twitch rivals tournament uh so that's gonna be incredible i think let's see it's four hundred fifty thousand dollars they just announced um which i i love every time that fortnite gets involved in something they seem to be able to push it to the next level uh, and then the other thing I've been doing is enjoying Elden Ring. Uh, never really played a, a Dark Souls game, but I got into that and it's really hard not to play it until like two o'clock in the morning on a daily basis. It's one of the, one of the more challenging games I've ever played. It looks amazing. I've seen everybody playing it. I just don't have the, the bandwidth for it right now, but it, it looks awesome. I love that George R. 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 Martin did um you know some story story work with them it's super cool um question about the fortnite stuff though what do you what do you think about the no building mode because i know that that's been a deterrent from for a i don't know if it's a large portion but a portion of the fortnite community do you think that people are pleased about this or not pleased about this what do you think about that yeah, so I think it really depends where you're coming from. Um, the competitive side still has building in it, and that's like my main path. But then I, I guess they just announced a $450,000 tournament, so how could you say that's not competitive with the no building aspect? Um, personally, I love it. Anything that does bring attention to the game is good for the entire community, right? And one of the things that I think happened over the past, probably three years of the game is it became much, much, much harder for people to get involved and just start playing because of how good people got at building and editing. And it just pushed like the skill ceiling higher than most players are willing to put the effort into. Right. And now it's hard to be a casual player because you'll run into somebody and you don't even get a chance to shoot at them because they're just building and make a quick edit. You're sent back to the lobby real quick and you had never had a shot. So I think the no building mode is a great opportunity to introduce more casual play, introduce people that maybe have never played Fortnite before and want to get into it. This is a good way to do that because you can learn all the mechanics, you can learn all the weapons, how the game is played. Just don't have that extra large chunk. And then, you know, you could go ahead and watch some of these tournaments where big creators are playing, they're enjoying the game, and it overall, I think it's a great thing. I honestly n never saw this coming, but I I'm glad it did because it has now elevated the game back to a level we haven't seen in a, a few years. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, really, I really dig that, and I think that, you know, 
it's it's interesting because here you know the two games that you talked about you have you have elden ring which is notorious for being difficult and then you have fortnite that essentially made things a little bit easier to make things a little bit more inclusive um it's interesting to see the different kind of tactics that different companies take to either differentiate themselves or bring people into the community I mean, people join the Dark Souls community because it's difficult. So, you know, I think that uh, no matter what you're doing, as long as the developer is, is, you know, working with the community and trying to involve them, whether it's because it's difficult or because it's a little bit easier, I see that as a positive. Yeah, and w- within Fortnite, I mean, it not, it's not necessarily true at the moment, but they very much had this whole ideology of they want anybody to be able to win uh, in the past. And as time's gone on, that's become a lot more difficult for the competitive side, but they've definitely made it so your regular player, you put in, I have no idea, enough time, you can find a way to win a game and possibly even, you know, get more involved. And, Ultimately, if, if you enjoy the game, if you're a fan of Fortnite, even if you're a competitive player who may not like all this no building stuff, what it really comes down to is you want people to like the game. And I, I think that's the most important thing because often um, what I see from a lot of the, the competitive players is they are hesitant against any change and really don't enjoy the changes but i also think they would get frustrated if fortnite didn't make the changes right because that's what fortnite is known for constantly throwing wrenches at the game and developing new pieces that we really haven't seen much before and that's why it's been been so successful is because you know you think fortnite has done everything that they can do and then they go ahead and take building away which is the main mechanic and it explodes the game in popularity once again. Yeah, it's it's pretty brilliant. You know, they've they really they've really built an amazing, you know, system over there of putting out content, getting feedback, making making things and edits that, you know, people might agree with, might not agree with, and then you know, continuing that iteration from there, keeping it always fresh for, you know, content creators, competitors and it might not be a change you like, but people are going to be talking about it. Yeah, it's and there's definitely been changes that a lot of people don't like, but I think they're necessary, right? I, I'm a big fan, even within my own content. Uh, one thing I always like to say is like, you can't have a a good piece without a bad piece. So occasionally, you know, things are going to go wrong. It's not going to be perfect, but overall, I, I think what they're doing and how they treat the game is awesome. Um, and it really allows a lot of people to play. It's free. So anyone can play Fortnite. You'll wind up spending hundreds of dollars on skins if you play as long as I have, but you know, overall, it's a great philosophy that I believe they have as a company. And I I like the general direction that they've treated the game over the past few years. Yeah. I, I think it's very cool. And I always hear about new cool things that they're dropping. Um, but you know, I want to I want to get back to you a little bit and and hear your story, kind of go back in time. So, can you take us back to you know you starting to game, you getting into this world? Was it always something that you was a part of, or were there other things that dominated your early life and then you kind of got into games later? So I 
probably played video games most of my young life. And then I was always like a a big sports game guy. So FIFA, Madden, NHL, uh, NFL 2K. Those were like my big ones I loved because I, I played multiple sports growing up. And then um, I want to say it was like eighth grade. My parents finally let me get an Xbox. And then I, I, I got Halo 3 and Call of Duty 4, uh, two of the best games of all time. All played the, the heck out of those. And then even like one day I was just playing with some friends and we were pretty good, you know, better than your, your average gamer. So they were telling me about this uh, competitive part of the game uh, called Game Battles or MLG. Um, so we got involved in that. We played a lot, but we were too young to ever actually compete in a tournament. So all we could really do was, you know, play online against other people and we did well, but it, that never went anywhere for me. Um, but it, it generated a general interest in, in competitive gaming. And then after that, you know, I didn't really play much uh, in college. Just really almost no video games. And it, it was that younger me that always had that passion for competitive gaming that then led me to where I am now. That's awesome. So... What was the relationship of, of, you know, gaming and your parents? How did they navigate it? Was it something that was accepted in your house as long as you did other things? Were there, you know, don't play games at all? What was going on in the relationship with your parents as you navigated games? I think it was generally accepted. Um, then there was like those obvious moments where you're playing on a school night at 4 a.m. in your basement and you're screaming at the television. That's where my parents, you know, sometimes were like, all right, you can't be doing this on a regular basis. Um, but they never really told me like not to go play video games. Only when I was like on one of those gaming vendors where you're playing for hours on end and you know, a whole weekend you're sitting around. That's the only time my parents are like, all right, Taylor, you need to go outside. We can't be sitting in a basement playing video games all day. And um, now that I'm older, I think that's probably a good way that they handled it um, because you probably shouldn't be sitting in inside doing nothing all weekend. It's, it's good to get exercise. And as I've gotten older, I've created more of a balance. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think... Back then, they also didn't really know much about gaming either. So my parents were kind of just letting me do this. Um, and I was a good student. I got good grades. I played sports. And then the gaming thing was just something I, I really enjoyed on the side. So it was never really a problem with like other aspects of my life. And that's, that's one of the important things that I, I think some, some kids today should recognize is you know, make sure everything else is good before you try and push for more more video games. I think balance, you know, is is tough because you're never perfectly in balance. You're very rarely it's it's usually are you over to one side or another. But it's good that your parents, you know, found those opportunities and were able to kind of bring you back. And then you were open to those, you know, kind of doing those things. It sounds like you had pretty diverse interests as a kid, too. Yeah, I mean. If I'm being completely honest, I wasn't always happy when when they're like, all right, you got to stop playing video games. And as a kid, I, I don't think I, I fully understand it. But now as an adult, I definitely 
recognize that they were just looking out for me, trying to make sure that I was getting the experience of being a kid and, you know, getting to, to go play baseball with my friends outside, go, go do random stuff. And I, I think them always pushing for me to, to have that balance was awesome because I got to play video games. I play video games a lot. But at the same time, I I don't feel like I missed out on like your typical high school and middle school experiences. Yeah, I can totally dig that. So, you know, as you progressed a little further, you know, you said kind of college, it wasn't really a thing. When did it kind of become more of a thing again in your life? So in college, you know, I occasionally would play at like a friend's house, some Super Smash Bros, FIFA. Um but that was maybe like a couple games a month. And I don't know. I, I enjoyed college. I was working all throughout and video games never were really a thought. Then once I graduated, I, I found a job. I was working in, in tech sales and it wasn't the most fulfilling thing for me. So I started looking for another job. Um, and I just so happened to find this thing on the side. I started writing for a, a company called Daily Esports. They post, I think they were uh, absolved by Upcomer is like the, the new name of the company. But they post esports and gaming news on, on the internet. They're basically a, a news board for anything gaming. So as I was looking for like a new full-time job, I found this little part-time gig. And I did that for probably two years. Um they were able to send me to the Fortnite World Cup. That was one of the most awesome experiences uh, that I've been able to, you know, see firsthand. That was my first major um, LAN event that I was able to go to. And then I really had an itch, you know, it was something about competitive Fortnite. It was just such a challenging game um, that I could play myself, but was never actually good enough to, like, reach the top of it which I, I always found interesting, right? I, I'm someone that likes to be challenged and have challenging things put in, in front of me. So seeing these constant, like, young people, really, it's like 14, 16, 18-year-olds just amazing at this video game and doing things that I could never personally do got me further invested. And I was, like, like I said, I was always good at the game and... I was always talking about it and trying to help my friends. And one day they're just pushing me. They're like, dude, you should make YouTube videos about uh, playing the game. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, I don't really want to do that. I have a full-time job. Like I write on the side and then they, they kept pushing. Thankfully they did. So I started making some YouTube videos, got to meet some cool people, do some interviews. Um, and that then led to more opportunities down the line. And thankfully they did because, you know, COVID was a little difficult of an experience as far as like my career goes. I got laid off a couple of times and really leaned into esports full time. And last year is my, my full, first full year, which was, uh, in my opinion, a successful one. That's amazing. Congratulations. I mean, that's a, a pretty, pretty amazing thing to be able to do. Um, so, you know, what what was it like during kind of those early days or I guess kind of, you know, this is maybe 20, 2018 COVID is, is, you know, or 2020 um, COVID is kind of beginning. Um, what was it like? How did you stay positive? Were there days that you 
We're like, hey, I just did a full-time job and I'm writing and I got to create content. Like, what am I doing here? Like, how did you push through some of those early days when it was probably pretty, pretty challenging? Yeah, it definitely was. But I, I think the gaming piece was like my escape. So I was able, you know, I worked a job that I didn't really like and then was able to go home and write about video games, talk about video games, make content around video games. And that was it was just genuinely enjoyable to me, Um, regardless of not if I was making any significant money. It was like this awesome thing that I was like, oh, no way this this could actually turn into something. Um, And I knew I was laying the groundwork. Because rarely, if ever, do you just jump into something, especially nowadays, and just explode uh, on the internet or, you know, in a career. I knew that it was going to take time, and I was willing to put in the time and effort. So, you know, my uh, my now wife, but my girlfriend back then was not always thrilled with me, because I'd come home from work, it'd be like 6 o'clock, I, no one was making dinner. I'm typically the one that cooks and I'd be writing an article, playing video games. And it's like 12 o'clock at night. She's like, all right, you haven't stopped doing something all day. So, you know, that was a little bit bumpy at times, but um, communicating those difficult pieces, I think was super helpful to the two of us. Um, And I think it's really important because sometimes even now still like, when I'm working for the the FNCS, the Fortnite broadcast, it's the whole weekend. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're going to be working. And when your significant other works a full-time job, you got to communicate those, I not issues, but your now job is different than most people's job. And it's not the easiest thing to understand, but if you talk about it, explain things, um, if you have an awesome wife like I do, it, it works out. But... Yeah, that was probably the hardest part of it because, like, the sorry, little tangent there, but oh, it's uh, great. the the writing, the the content, that was the fun part of it, and it it, it helped me escape and even alleviate some time uh, when I was working. And if I'm being honest with you, I was sometimes doing some stuff while I was on the job, so you know, just kind of sneaking away, finding some some time to do that. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, and, you know, it's, it's awesome, man. Communication is, is vital, you know, in success in Fortnite with your teammate or in life with your, your girlfriend or wife, you know, you have to effectively communicate. You got to communicate good things and bad things. And, and um, it's awesome that it sounds like you have uh, those open lines of communication that have, have worked out for you positively. Yeah, it it took time. Like by by no means was it like the easiest at all times, but we made it work and she's very accepting and helpful of me pursuing something that I love because she's always seen how much I enjoy doing these things. Um and like she loves her job too, so it's not like she's someone that's kind of spited by by work because that's how I used to be and now after a couple of you know a couple of years just trying to figure out a balance it's really finding time you know outside of the communication it's it's making sure i personally find time to spend time with her rather than you know always trying to make an excuse play video games and now that i'm full time in this that's so much easier to do but back when it was you know part time plus a full time job um 
it was definitely a lot harder to make time and then still do everything that I needed to get done. Yeah, man, it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot when you're in the grind. And, and I think that, you know, it's amazing that, that you did it. It's amazing that you have an amazing support system to, to help you push that through. It's, uh, it's not easy to do. Um, you know, it was interesting. I was looking, I was looking at your YouTube and I'm always interested to see how many videos people have created. And, um, you know, I was looking at yours and, and it's somewhere in the, it's like the two, I mean, I'm sure you've created more, but at least on YouTube, it's about 237 videos, which is a lot of content. I was wondering, you know, what are some of the things that you feel like you've learned from, you know, video one, two, three, four, five to, you know, videos 235, 36, 37, like what are some of the differences that you've been able to kind of learn and then put into your content? First of all, wow, I didn't even know I've made that many videos. That's kind of crazy. Well, it's uh, one of the things that we always do at camp. We always tell our kids, like, look at your favorite YouTuber and see how many videos they've done. And it's usually in the couple hundreds. And that's how they become successful. It's not through one video. It's through success or it's through effort over time. So that's that's kind of where that comes from. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, so the first thing, especially with, like, video one through I'd even say 50 is just make them, you know, a lot of people get really hesitant talk about, Oh, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. Never do. It's like always this thing that just never happens. And I think the biggest thing that needs to happen is you actually make the video. And once you make the video, post it. A lot of people are like, Oh, this isn't perfect. It's like if you go watch my first few videos on YouTube, they are not good. But you have to start somewhere. And over time, I've gotten better at it. And it's become a whole process now that I'm, I'm better at and still getting better at. Um, and now, even, I guess, on video 238, it's improving that process. So what does the recording process look like? Do you do scripting? What is the editing process? When do you want to post? Are you using your YouTube analytics? And... It's really cool to me to constantly be forced to have to do and learn new things. And I think having a background in sales where, I mean, 99% of the time you're getting told, no, you're failing. But what you're really doing is searching for that, that one occasional win. That helped me a ton because I, I had a few great mentors in my sales career and they were very much like just just push through, you know, you can't make a sale before you get told no, like 10 times and you're going to get told no more than you're going to get told. Yes. And I kind of take a similar approach to YouTube. Not, not the exact same because I don't want to, you know, just fire random shots. I'm trying to be more educated about it, but it definitely that same general ideology is the way I look at it. That makes a lot of sense. And and clearly it's working. So, you know, I think that's that's the other thing that's very cool is that, you know, I feel like when you when you put in that effort over time, you know, nobody looks back at your old videos and is like, oh, man, that dude used to be bad. It's like no one cares. <laughs> You're good now. So, like, good for you. And and I think that the, the thing that I tell all our kids is, you know, make sure that you, you know, put yourself out there. And if you put yourself out there, you're usually rewarded for your bravery. And I think that like, 
that's something that I've seen again and again in the esports world. It's people, you know, putting that video out there, taking the trip, um, you know, uh, reaching out and trying to get that interview or whatever it is. But it's usually a risk. There's very few, you know, kind of solid options in this industry, especially as you're starting out. And it's just really cool to see these like kind of success stories in yourself of, you know, work over time is success. And I think that that's like a really it, it's you know, it doesn't always work out that way. It's never it's never perfect. But it is also true if you're able to find that thing and, and put in some work, you know, chances are you'll look back and be pretty proud of what you've accomplished at the end. No doubt. And I, I definitely say I'm super happy of where I I am at. Um still have a lot more to do but you know the biggest thing is just don't be afraid to to do something you don't know how to do and and that that would be the advice i give everyone because in the world of esports nobody knows what what they're doing everyone's trying to just figure this out and trying to figure out the gaming space there's no handbook for it and honestly most of the people that think that they know what they're doing still have no clue what they're doing because it's going to change in two years anyway so you just got to go with it put in some effort and constant constantly be learning um like being intellectually curious is something that you need to have within this space because it's not just like you can't just sit on whatever you've done in the past typically i mean once you create a big enough brand yeah you can but even still if you're not constantly pushing boundaries or pushing what you can do you're gonna fall off and ultimately it's just always being ready to adapt and do new things yeah, well, well said. I mean, it, it it is not easy to keep that open mindset. And I think especially when you're, you know, struggling or having a hard time, but I feel like that's usually when you have to do it the most, you know, when you're working that job and doing something else and, you know, you've got your, your, you know, responsibilities and all these other things. Um, it's just a lot to manage. And I think that um, if you can, if you could stay curious, if you can keep pushing, if you can keep educating yourself, then not only are you going to uh, be in a good spot as you're in that, you know, grind time, but when you get to the mountaintop, like you said, you still hopefully have that hunkering for, for knowledge and education that you're continuing to search, even though you've reached that mountaintop, you're looking for another mountaintop. So I think that that's such a, it's such a positive way of thinking about it. And I love, I love that, that kind of concept. Thank you. I, I, I try and keep that. It becomes tough at times, you know. You, you, sometimes I get nervous because I don't really know uh, where the next paycheck's gonna come from or what the next job opportunity is gonna be. Um, but it, it's just being comfortable knowing that that's a thing sometimes, and you're gonna have to to figure out and push yourself. Um, but I also think that helps me try new things that I haven't done before because you know I, I need the next opportunity or I, I need to find the next gig or make the next YouTube video. And the uncomfortability is a good thing at times. You know, you shouldn't be 100% comfortable, especially in an in industry that nobody really knows what's going on. I, I couldn't agree more. I, and, and that's so true. Anybody listening at home, if you're talking to an esports expert of 20 years, they are not an esports expert. <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't exist yet, man. League of Legends is the biggest esport in the world. I think it's only 12 or 13 years old. So, you know, at the end of the day, some people have been around, but the scene is completely different than it was 10, 15 years ago. So um, definitely a good a good piece of advice there. 
Um, but before we get out of here, I wanted to, uh, you know, kind of dive into a couple pieces of advice. First, I want to talk about content creators and kids. Um, you know, we've got a lot of kids who come to camp and they want to start a YouTube channel. They want to uh, put themselves out there and do these things. And I encourage them. I always say, do it. It's a great way to learn these skills and marketing and content creation and all of this other stuff. Um, so other than, you know, do it, which was, I think, fantastic advice that you gave earlier. What's some other advice that you have for some content creators as they are, you know, getting their start and, and trying to put their their kind of mark on the world? So I, I think I'd go back to like the whole sports mentality and being a student of the game like be a student of your favorite youtuber understand what are they doing and like obviously your video is not going to be as good as them but you can create like similar ideas similar thumbnails titles videos about the same concepts and it honestly it's not even like stealing a video typically if you're putting out a video as a big youtuber and someone does something similar that's good for both of you because then the YouTube algorithm is going to recommend like that style or people's going to be searching that more. Um, so it, it's understanding that YouTube is in a sense replicable. Um, you can't always just make the same exact video as other people, but at the same time you can make similar things. You can learn from what people are doing and just go for it. Like, like I said earlier, you got to make the video first, but that would be, you know, my biggest piece of advice is always try and be learning what you're doing because often the, the algorithm is pushing towards different things on YouTube and either you want to be able to push your content in one of two ways. And that's going to be like the recommended tab. So when you pull up YouTube, what is coming up? What are those videos? If you're hitting that, that's awesome. Or you want to be able to hit search terms. Um, I'm personally more of like a, a search term. So like how to X or Y is where a lot of my views come. Um, but also I'm trying to push towards the recommended because that's, that's going to be better for, for you in the long term. Yeah, I know it's all about trying to work that algorithm and, and figure out what works best. And, and it's, uh, it's, not, it's not easy to crack. But I mean, the more videos you do, the closer you get to cracking it. Um, so talk to me about parents a little bit. You know, my kid is a content creator. Um, my kid is obsessed with YouTube. Um, what advice would you have for parents as they are navigating their kids passion for this stuff? Uh, try and learn it, like try and help them. It could be something you guys do together. Um, and maybe even if it's not, at least you understand what they're doing because I think that's important for a parent to understand what their kid's doing or trying to do on a daily basis. So if you're understanding what your child is doing, you can help them out. It's almost just like homework, right? This is becoming a world where all these traditional career paths are becoming, you know, they're options, but not necessarily the only option for you. Um, so first of all, being a content creator very much is a career path. But at the same time, like it sh it's not a career path until it is one. And what I mean by that is unless you're, you're making enough money to survive, you shouldn't be sacrificing like everything else. Um, because I, I worked for three, four years while doing this on the side before it became like an actual viable option for me. And I, I wasn't trying to pretend that that was never going to be a thing. 
Um, you have to be very realistic with it. So help your kid understand how to create that balance and really how to help them become better at what they want to do. Because it's just like anything else. You know, if your kid wants to go hit a baseball every day, most parents, you know, maybe sometimes will be like, I don't feel like going, but they're going to try and help their kid get better at baseball. So just kind of that same idea of this is something different. It's something new, but just try and help them get better at it. That I think it's the main thing I think is, is if you can get to, to play with your kid or sit with them, you know, figure out a way to do it with them and, um, you know, just be a part of it in some way. Maybe, maybe you're making videos with your kid or you, you, you know, run the, the camera and they're on screen and you're kind of their, you know, producer. There's so many ways that parents can be involved. And, um, we did a, a, a podcast uh, yesterday with somebody who was saying at the end of the day, the kids don't care. They just want to do it with you. You know, like that's the main thing. And so parents at home, like, I hope you're listening. Um, I hope you're listening to Taylor. I hope you're listening to, to us, uh, you know, just do stuff with your kids. And, and if they love games, you know, dive into games with them and maybe, um, you know, find a game that you guys can like together. Not every game, you know, everybody likes. So you got to find something that is uh, some common ground. Yeah, and that for me, me and my dad was playing Madden. Like he was a, a huge football guy. Had season tickets to the Jets for a long time. Um, so only game I could really get him to play was Madden, and he he enjoyed playing that with me. I enjoyed playing it with him, and I think it was really important because we got to bond with something I like to do, and therefore I like to to go to football and watch football more with him. So it worked both ways. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. It's awesome. I think it, it, it's all about doing stuff. And, and if you're, if you're, you know, kids into theater, you get into theater. If your kids into gaming, you get into gaming. If your kids into whatever, like it, that's your job as a parent to, to help them navigate that. And I think that um, it's tough for parents in this, in this world that they don't understand. And I can totally understand the ambivalence, but like the kids and everybody else, like you will be rewarded for your bravery as you, you know, dive into this gaming world or do something that you're a little bit uncomfortable with, with your kid, because you're just looking to bond. I think that's what it, where it really comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I don't have a child myself yet, but, um, in my own experiences, that's what I, I've found has worked. I totally dig that. Um, well, uh, Taylor, you know, it's been wonderful to talk to you. I, I really enjoyed uh, hearing your story and, um, you know, learning a little bit about your path. Um, it's super cool. And, and I think that it's a really great uh, microcosm of, of this esports world. So, you know, I really appreciate your, you telling your story. And on the way out, if you can, can you let people know how they can follow you or check out all the things uh, that you are doing? Yeah, of course. And, and before I do any of that, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's awesome what you're doing, uh, both at Game Gym and then the the podcast as well. So thank you for having me on. You can find me. Um, I'm somebody's gun. It's one word on all platforms. Twitter, YouTube are the two big ones. I stream on Twitch, randomly post videos on TikTok when I remember. But yeah, Twitter and YouTube are the two big ones. Somebody's gun. Or uh, SPG, as it's been shortened to, because nobody likes to say that on a regular basis. That makes sense, man. That's that's how that's how this world works at this point. If you can abbreviate, you will. 
Um, well, dude, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we're going to get this podcast up here very soon, but, um, you know, we'll be, uh, keeping an eye out for all the stuff that you're doing in the future. Definitely, uh, give them a follow on Twitter. We're going to put, uh, your Twitter in the show notes and your Twitch. Um, so definitely, uh, give Taylor some love and, uh, hop into his Twitch chat or his YouTube uh, comments and tell him that he's the man. So with that, we are going to get out of here and we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. This is understanding esports. Understanding esports is brought to you by game gym. I also want to thank my producer, Zach Saleh, and our music was created by Steven Spector. Once again, you can learn more about Game Gym and our mission at www.gamegym.com. And you can hit me up and let me know your thoughts on the podcast on Twitter at Extra Barbecue. If you like the podcast, please share it, recommend it to your friends, gamers, parents of gamers, and their pets. I'm Josh, Extra Barbecue Hafkin. This is Understanding Esports, and we'll see you next week.